0: He stood talking to me right back there in the entryway to the church several weeks ago. He was a first time guest here at Grace. It was a very friendly conversation. He liked the service. He liked the emphasis on God's word. That had not been his recent experience at a different church. But he did have a question. It was about the confession of sins. And the pastor standing up here and saying, I forgive you. He's not the first to ask. He won't be the last. It's actually a natural question. It's a natural concern, I think. If people know, if they understand that they need forgiveness from God, they also understand that the pastor is a sinful person just like anyone else. How can he stand up here and say something like that? It's a good question. Maybe you have wondered about this too. The answer has a couple of parts, as we'll see today. Uh, The first has to do with the relationship between the Lord and the pastor. The second has to do with uh, God's direction given to those who serve. Over the next three weeks, God will help us to understand better and appreciate the holy ministry that he created. Today, we'll learn from the Lord's call to Moses that God's ministers are called by grace and they are called to serve. A murderer, a terrorist, a traitor. Those labels fit the three men that we heard about in the readings for this morning. Moses and Paul and Matthew. If we needed any kind of indication that the Lord doesn't call people who are somehow worthy in some way to serve him, that ought to do it. If God was looking for a worthy person to serve in the ministry, he would never find them, of course. All people are sinful and that's all that God has to work with. At one point in time, Moses was God's man. He's our man this morning. As we look at his at him and at his life uh, will, will be helped to see that it is only by God's grace, his undeserved love, that people are called to serve as ministers uh, for him and for his people. Some of the details of Moses' life are well known to some people, not to everybody though. Um, him being saved as a baby, put in a basket and set on the banks of the Nile, uh, the burning bush, which we look at today. Uh, the parting of the Red Sea and him leading God's people out of Egypt and off to a promised land. Uh, these are some of the, the better known things about Moses. Something that maybe isn't quite as well known is what caused Moses to be a fugitive from the law in Egypt and, uh, and uh, travel to a land a couple hundred miles away to live there uh, for quite a long time until the ruling pharaoh... Um, possibly Thutmose III, uh, was finally dead. What Moses had done was kill a man. He killed an Egyptian man because he saw him beating a Hebrew slave. He buried the body, and he thought that he had literally gotten away with murder. But then he found out there were some witnesses, and so he ran from the law all the way to Midian, The burning bush is what got his attention. And so when Moses saw it, uh, he made his way over to it. But before he could reach it, when he got near it, the Lord said, Do not come any closer. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. He was right. He was right to be afraid to look at God. What Moses knew instinctively in that moment, God later explained to him. He said, you cannot see my face, for no human may see me and live. A sinful man before the holy God, he immediately knew his place. He felt his unworthiness. Even if he had not committed some high-profile sin-like murder, he would have felt that way. Any person confronted with the holy, the almighty God would shrink back in fear. Moses absolutely knew his place before the Lord. And even after God called him to lead his people out of Egypt and off to this land that was promised to them, Moses said, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Who am I indeed? Every person who serves in the holy ministry ought to feel that way. I have never, never known a pastor who doesn't feel the gravity of being called by God to serve. We know in no uncertain terms that we have no business serving as ministers, not on our own. The right to do so only comes as a result of God's grace, his undeserved love. Excited seminary students, anxious to hear where they would be assigned to serve after they'd completed their studies, expressed their uh, expectation of of, uh, being placed in a church, The way they said it wasn't well received by the pastor teaching the course. The fair-skinned professor, his face lit up red like an ambulance light, and he blurted out, you don't deserve a call. No one deserves a call. You shouldn't expect a call. We sat there shocked, but he had made his point. There isn't a person worthy of serving as a minister of the gospel. If you have any sense of the holiness of God and the sinfulness of you, you know there's no one who deserves it. There's no set of college or seminary courses that will allow you to earn it. We don't deserve it. The only way to become acceptable to serve in God's holy ministry is for him to reach out to you with his grace, his undeserved love, and assure you that you are forgiven and then call you to serve. The Bible tells us that God spoke directly to prophets like Moses, but that changed with the coming of Jesus. This is from Hebrews. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers by the prophets at many times and in many ways, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Jesus' words, the things that he did for us, those are the message of the Bible. And the Bible is how God speaks to us today, speaking Christ through his word. Since that's the case, we don't hear God speak audibly to us we shouldn't say things like, well, God God told me that I needed to do this. We may have the desire to serve. We may even feel compelled to pursue the holy ministry. But to claim a direct revelation from God for these things, that is beyond what God says. It goes against what God says. God's call to Moses came directly from him in the burning bush. Today, the call to be a pastor or a teacher comes indirectly. It comes through a church or a school or a mission. In the book of Acts, after Jesus' resurrection and his ascension, uh, we read about how the believers got together and they prayed and they had a a slate of candidates, a, a set of qualifications for them because they wanted to call somebody as a disciple to replace Judas. And so they did. They met together, they prayed, they chose one to call, they asked him to to serve, and he served. In much the same way, in our church body, uh, believers get together, they pray, they have a slate of qualified candidates, they vote on, on who to ask, they extend the call to somebody, and then that person considers whether to accept that call to serve, or to remain serving uh, in the call that they had previously accepted. So God uses this process uh, today, too. It was different with Moses. God hooked Moses by using the burning bush um, and called him to serve, but Moses uh, tried to wiggle off the hook. He tried real hard. Uh, Who am I that I should go? The Lord told him, I will certainly be with you. And then Moses asked, who should I say sent me? Well, God then just repeated his name to him. And it's after our reading, but Moses kept going, what if they don't believe me? And so God gave him uh, some convincing miracles that he could perform if that happened. But Moses said to the Lord, please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, either in the past or more recently, Or even since you started speaking to your servant, for my mouth and tongue are slow and clumsy. And God said, Now go, I will be with your mouth, and I will teach you what you will speak. Moses replied to that, and this is a quote, Please, Lord, send someone else. But then we hear that it wasn't just the bush that was burning, so was God's anger. He would go with Moses, he would help Moses, but he had called Moses to serve, and he was going to serve. God called him to it, as sinful as he was, and despite all of his protests. Some who are called to serve in the ministry today can be somewhat apprehensive and unsure like Moses was. While Moses' public speaking might not be the greatest gift, that they have. They may not be too crazy about some of the things that they're called to do. They may even feel the pull of of doing something else instead. But God calls and he promises that he will be with them. Those who don't feel the same hesitancies, still find the comfort that only comes from knowing that God calls you and that he gives you strength and that he says something like, I will certainly be with you. As a prophet, the Lord gave Moses the actual words he was to speak. What Moses received by having God speak to him, we receive through the Bible today which are also God's actual words and his actual message. And God expects those who are called to serve to be faithful with his message. Moses wasn't free to do and say whatever he wanted to do. God called him to lead his people out of Egypt. He gave him the words to say, and if you know how all of that went, he told Pharaoh everything God told him to say, including what would be coming with all the, pl- uh, the plagues. So he was faithful to God's message. All Christians hear God say this near the beginning of the Bible, do not add to the word that I am commanding you and do not subtract from it. And then near the end of the Bible, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this scroll. So ministers today are under the same expectation that all of you are, that we are going to be faithful to God's word. As we do that publicly for him, we'll we'll be faithful to that word. God calls them to be faithful to his word as they preach and as they teach. Those who serve in God's holy ministry are His called representatives. They are called by His grace, and they are called to serve. Sinful human beings. Even though they're sinful human beings, they are called to represent God publicly, And that's why they can stand before God's people and they can teach and they can preach and they can even say things like, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit because they represent God. And they follow the command and the promise of Jesus that he first gave to his first publicly called ministers, the disciples. He said, just as the Father has sent me, I am also sending you. Whenever you forgive people's sins, they are forgiven. Whenever you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. It's possible that you and I have sinned with regard to the holy ministry. We may not have respected it as we ought to. We may not have respected those who serve in it as God expects us to. Perhaps we've unduly uh, focused on the sinfulness of those who serve, instead of the forgiveness that they have by God's grace, which is the same grace that we have. Or maybe, maybe we weren't willing to listen to them when they were faithfully teaching God's word to us. Pastors may not have felt that the call is such a precious thing all the time we may not remember often enough how gracious God has been in allowing us to serve this way. The grace of God in Jesus is given to all of us. <laughs> so all of these sins and, and all of our other sins are completely washed away. The sacrifice of Jesus that that God's ministers uh, proclaim to us is the same thing that gives them the confidence to preach and teach and serve him and his people. As we better understand the holy ministry that God has established, uh, those who serve in ministry can be filled with a a proper gratitude toward God uh, for the ability to serve. They can serve with the confidence that the Lord has called them to it. And all of us can appreciate the blessings that God provides for us through those whom he has called to serve. May God grant these things. Amen.